Welcome everyone to Fragrophilia, and we are back with another episode, and uh, this is Jeff. This is Jane. Thanks guys for joining us. Hope you're all doing well. We've had uh, another busy week of testing fragrances and trying out new fragrances and talking about fragrances and whatnot. Where would you like to start? Um, well, I think that we should start with Guidance by Amwash. Ah. I believe it's a new release for them, and it was just like all over our TikTok page this week. I think I watched like 25 yeah. videos featuring Guidance. I think, yeah, everybody we pretty much follow seems to uh, have something to say about it. or they, a, lot they of a lot of people have sprung for that full bottle already. So we were in Neiman's not too long ago, last week, and you tried it out. And wore it for a little while. Yeah, and it's very powerful. It's very strong. And it's got a, like an interesting peach and hazelnut opening. Well, it's pear. But see, it feels peach to me. I would oh, have guessed peach. Pear? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would have thought peach. Do you have the notes by chance? Yeah, I do. It's pear, hazelnut, olibanum, uh, osmanthus, rose, saffron, jasmine, sambac, sandalwood, vanilla, Akagala wood, whatever that is, ambergris and labdanum. And uh, I mean, that it was an ambergris bomb for me. It yeah, was... as it dried down, it got a little salty. It tell you what to me, I never picked up the rose, and um, it was definitely creamy and waxy, and it had that kind of nice, pleasant, fruity top, which again I thought was peach, but turned out to be pear. Uh, but it reminded me a lot of Queens and Monsters by uh, Henry Rose. Absolutely. And there's actually not a lot of note similarity there. We kind of compared them because I found the dry down of uh, Guidance to be so similar to Queens and Monsters, which I'm very familiar with because it's my mom's signature scent. And um, there's not a ton of crossover, just a little bit. but um, Yeah, just the white florals and vanilla, pretty much. Yeah, Guidance is much more of a bomb. But I saw a lot of people on TikTok were like, guidance, it smells like a, a vagina. Like, I saw a couple <laughs> videos saying that, which I think that people just say those things for shock, shock value because they know it'll get them views. But I don't know. Like, I guess the ambergris quality of guidance could go a little bit funky. It did feel like a little bit of a sea monster to me. Yeah, that's it to me. It, it, nothing made me feel that it was anomalous, you know, any type of body related or, I don't know. I mean, I, I get the saltiness, maybe not sea creature for me, but you wore it. I yeah. just experienced it when you would let me, you know, smell it on your wrist. It just smelled very, it smelled very creamy and waxy to me with a little bit of saltiness once you got, once it went past the fruity notes. Yeah, I don't know. I I did find it interesting. Like it's, it's one that I think I would like to try to wear more, but I think like I have just a theory about why mm. guidance has been so prominent and it's the packaging. It's that like pink, pearly, Polly Pocket princess color. And I think it's just one of those girly girl kind of gender affirming perfumes. We're in Barbie era. So yeah, or, I mean, yeah, it's we're, really doubling down Everyone's on in their Barbie era. And like Delina, I feel like was the go-to Barbie girl gender affirming perfume. And I think that like, like people just want to buy those super pink girly things. And I do think that's part of the success of guidance and why so many uh, you know women are drawn to it or fem presenting people are drawn to it um it also has this whole story we were looking up the brand story oh and yeah it's 
It's, it's this very over-the-top story about, like, a princess in a tower. I so. wrote down a little bit of it because we loved one certain part. So it talks about this <laughs> sultry and spent, this woman walks in and she gets the scent of dark vanilla and skin like sandalwood and um, hints of regal ambergris. And then the quote, who are you, she asks, and you feel seen. <laughs> it's just like, wow. So lyrical. Yes, yeah. But it's uh, Quentin Bish again. And, uh, you know. He's he, everywhere lately. Uh, he's, we talked about him last week because of French Affair and so many other rose fragrances he's known for. And again, I didn't pick up a lot of rose, but what do I know? Um, and I also have an update for you. Yes. Regarding Mink by mm, Byredo. Yes. Which I, we kind of went back and forth with, I think, in our first and second episode. I, I've never gone back and forth with it. I've well, all I that. have. I have. I'm sorry. We went back and forth conversationally about it. And I did spend that one week wearing it. It's a strange, brassy, aldehydic, staticky, animalic, bizarre scent. And you told me, like, you're going to start craving it. Yeah. And I did. This week are. I was like, I you've I mentioned miss, it a couple of times since then. I miss my mink. Yeah, it's always so there. Lurking. You're right. I think it's going to be on the tray again next week. I know. Yeah, slow your roll though. It's no longer being made. So. I know. I know. Try to preserve it. I want to be like occasions. Baudelaire and just never be able to get it. And yeah, R.I.P. Uh, also, listening to Smell You Later, another uh, one of our favorite podcasts. We. Uh, there was an interview with Courtney from Universal Flowering, and she dropped a little hint towards the end. She and Marissa Zappas are working on a collab. It's the only thing she mentioned about it is it's inspired by Swan Lake, so we'll have to keep a look at it. I think it's August or the fall, somewhere around then is when it will be released. So Swan we're excited. Lake. I Swan know. Lake. I'm so excited. That sounds so magical coming from both of them. Also... And other podcast news on the previous episode, not the latest one, of uh, Perfume Room. I thought there was an interesting tidbit. You and I have been very curious about Baby Cat. I'm not interested enough to pay exorbitant import prices from somebody who bought it overseas and brought it over and wants to sell it for like $500. I have no interest in that. But I am very curious about Baby Cat by YSL. And um, she had a guest, Alayton George, who's at Bergdorf and works with Maker. And he mentioned that L'Oreal, I think, is the parent company, that they're requiring any U.S. store to, that carries YSL to order at least 4,000 bottles before it gets imported. So maybe that's one of the reasons why we haven't seen it stateside yet. Goodness. Wait, like every location that sells YSL would have to have No, 4, I think just the initial order. But when you think about it, that's what? Who carries that line? Neiman's? Right. Sachs? Bergdorf, so there's so not the that many stores. So the whole chain would have 4,000 Yeah, bottles. but, you know, that's still, is that a lot? It seems like a lot, but then maybe it doesn't when you compare it well, countrywide. I, I also have to wonder, because I know the demand for Baby Cat, even in Europe, where it seems to be widely available, it's always sold out. Yeah, I think somebody, yeah, I would think that Neiman's. So I have to wonder. Because you could split it between Neiman's and Bergdorf, so. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, so I just thought that was a very interesting little thing that we picked up, you know. If anyone wants to write in and give us their own thoughts on Baby Cat, if you have it, if you smelled it, we'd love to know what you think because we don't know. We, we're not able to smell it over here, and the hype is very real. So yeah, let us know if you have any intel on I mean, that. Even the decants are kind of ridiculous. Yes. But I keep my eyes out on Selfridges. I'm going to get it at some point. 
Okay. Blind buy? I would 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 blind buy. buy? I think there's been enough people that I trust Uh that have given pretty good descriptions on it that it's like, yeah, I I feel confident in blind buying that one. Yeah. I do. It's like kind of a spicy vanilla, right? It's a spicy vanilla. Yeah, that's pretty much all I know. So I think it'll be great for the fall, which is probably how long I'll have to wait before I ever get a chance to buy it. Update on our personal collection, guys. Yes. We were talking about Rose 31 by Le Labo, and last week we went into Nordstrom and we bought a bottle. So now we own Rose 31, a full bottle of it. War of the Roses is settled. It has been settled. Well, we still eventually will get Carity G by Maison Detto. Very soon, yes. But uh, our principal winner was Rose 31, and we, uh, we just made it official. We've been wearing it quite a little bit, but that brings us to the larger conversation I brought up on TikTok, which is, it has always seemed to us, and we have discussed this um, quite a bit, that Le Labo seems to be missing from the greater, I don't know, culture of perfume. As perfume is getting bigger, and it is, I think, the leading category in beauty, beauty for the last couple of years. Yeah, it just seems like it's exploding. The niche world doesn't feel very niche anymore. It seems like everyone's getting into yeah, it. Yeah, and I think I people love. are becoming more educated. They're yeah. experimenting more. They're they're not necessarily collecting, but they're buying a few fragrances instead of just one. And Le Labo being such a staple of the 2000s, early 2010s indie niche market. Of course, before they were bought by Lori or Estee Lauder, it was such a cornerstone. It was such a brand with Santal and Rose 31. Um, and it just doesn't feel like it has kept going. Yeah, like it's, nowadays it it's not part of the conversation. It's definitely defined an era, and it doesn't feel like it's moving forward. So when I mentioned that, Han with Perfume Menagerie, which we love and is always great when it comes to knowledge on brands and perfume in general. She informed us that someone had written a piece at their Substack, which is Incense and Oris. Which, by the way, we started reading. That's an incredible. It's so well written. Incredible perfume resource knowledge. If you just if you just like to read about fragrance all day, definitely subscribe to her Substack. That's Incense and Oris. And it's basically titled the. Uh, a Question of Soul Perfumery at Le Labo. And it kind of goes through their history and the aesthetic and maybe some of the hollowness of it all. Um, but also, yeah, where it doesn't... Nowadays, we need more of a story. We need more, you know, perfume has blossomed. It's bloomed. And we have storytelling and we have it transcending you know time and space and we're using nostalgia and it's just so much more of a conversation so much more of an identifying piece to your not yourself and your wardrobe and what you talk about and who you are and things like that and more and more people are becoming familiar with how fragrances are made and what it means and what the notes are and it's just kind of you just don't hear people talking about it, other than maybe disparaging remarks about how many people are wearing Santal in New York City or... Well, I don't feel that it's... I feel like maybe it's lost some of the buzz, but I do feel like people are still buying a lot of Le Labo product. Yeah. But I do have to wonder how they will transition in the years going forward. It doesn't seem like they have a lot of new releases and the brand doesn't do press on principle. 
which I think has contributed a lot to the culture of the brand. And I think a lot of the problem with the Le Labo brand is that it is a snobby brand. Mm -hmm. They won't advertise to you. You have to come to them. And it even just the way that they title the fragrances, the way that the fragrances are sold, it demands some sort of knowledge to be able to kind of peruse the brand. You know, I, th I think that the average customer isn't going to know what labdanum or bigorod are. So you have to rely on, um, you know, the brand to educate you. And there's another problem, which is that Le Labo has become really notorious for rude customer service. Yeah, It's something that I've heard personally from people anecdotally. I've never been a big Le Labo customer. We own two fragrances yeah. from them. Um, and you, you bought them. So I haven't personally had a lot of experiences in their store. But if you just look up Le Labo Rude on TikTok, yeah. there are several, <laughs> several stories that have gone viral in the last couple of years, months, where people have had horrible shopping experiences at Le Labo and were totally dressed down by these sales associates. And, you know, maybe it's a bit of TikTok hysteria, whatever. But I can definitely see how this whole the brand ethos would make for a very unpleasant shopping experience. And that's just not cool now. No, especially when luxury itself in fashion and, and just the luxury industry has done quite a bit more, I think, to include more groups of people and let people kind of buy up into it. Yeah. It's in, yeah, it's just where the trends are heading with that. They don't seem to be following along. And also, I don't think it's important. I don't think it's important to know what labdanum is or know how a perfume is mixed to enjoy a perfume. You know, I like to know because I'm interested in perfume, but I think probably 90% of their customers don't care. And the fact that like in their store, they're going to mix the perfume in front of you. Who gives a shit? It's like the table side guacamole equivalent of fragrance. <laughs> and nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. It's annoying. It adds nothing to the product. Well, it's right, completely because pretentious because the, we all know that the oils are like pre-aged, pre-mixed. What is the point of doing it in front of you? Yeah. This whole like slow perfumery thing. I mean, that's a complete charade. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we live in the culture of slow, you know, as a, as a, a perk anymore. You know, yeah. there's, there's too much going on. You got to get moving. And I, I know, get my perfume I know a lot of people are going to listen to this and say, oh, it's because Estee Lauder bought them. And I just feel like, I don't think we've seen a big change in how Le Labo operates since they were bought by Estee Lauder. Yeah. And, and you see what they've done, like, by Rado and Frederick Mall were also bought by, by Estee Lauder. I don't think they've been ruined. Well, and I think by Rado was bought by a different company, but again, it was bought by a bigger conglomerate. Oh, yeah. And, and they, the voice and the, the ethos and all that stuff hasn't changed. They're still doing, by Rado is still. Ben and Byredo and putting out new releases and pushing them and staying, you know, cutting edge. And Frederick Mall's just such an institution and still is. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, sorry, I'm still laughing about tableside guacamole. But I don't know. It's just one of those things that kind of, I think, kind of bugged both of us and was something that was curious to us both. Because when we went through the sample set that we bought, there's bangers in there. There's yeah. like six that I really like. There's liked. several that are very good. Probably not a lot that are like amazing. I feel like we need them, but impressive enough for I'm like, I wonder how this brand's going to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. It, or if just, they need to, maybe they're just fine. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're always going to have their, 
their status and their their I don't know cred that they built up over the years, yeah. and they're always going to sell in the big markets. But I don't know. It's just it's they just don't seem a part of the larger conversation anymore. So, any other thoughts uh, about things going on this week with fragrance? You see any no new releases or anything that I saw? Oh, um, I was excited. Can we move on to Sense of the Week? Oh, yeah, yeah. We did get one letter, though. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's do um, listener question. And this was a, a good question. It comes from Emily, who is M. Ambrosia on Instagram. And she essentially is asking that she bought a discovery set from a brand, and she loved the scents on paper and on the blotters and things like that. But when she wore it on her skin, it had a certain reaction that was almost off-putting. Like the, the most, as she said, the most off-putting notes were dialed up to 11 as soon as it hit her skin and that she actually had this experience with BR or Baccarat Rouge 540 as well and she was just curious if we had experiences like that and I can think of one in particular for you that that happened yes and that would be commodity milk plus yes Jeff bought you you, did you buy the full bottle? No, I bought the sample because it was... It's a big sample, though. You know, later kind of into the pando- pandemic, bio. when that was first released and, and becoming like the rage, everybody's talking about it. Yes. Um, you couldn't really get the samples for a while, and then they beca- came out again, and we, we tested the samples. And uh, it smelled wildly different on me than it did you. To me, it smelled like what everybody talked about. It was very lactonic and creamy and had just this yeah. kind of like sweet, Cold, comforting. milky, nutty. Yeah. And on me, it was like this screeching, rancid, hairy, horrible strawberry Yeah, it was, it was almost real green and it was putrid. It yeah, was, it was yeah. putrid. It was yeah. completely putrid on my skin. This was when I was pregnant. I don't know how much... Um, you know, hormones maybe play into that, but it was one where we could spray them side by side and they smelled completely different. Yeah, repeatedly. We tried it yeah. like three different times over the course of two weeks. And that's really the only time that we've had fragrances that react completely differently. But I'm also sure some people must just have more reactive skin yeah. to certain fragrances. Well, I had mentioned to you when I first read this email that in the last two weeks, and I don't know if it's the soap I'm using. Because I've been using this tuberose soap, and I don't know if it's maybe lotion. I, I don't know. Detergent, who knows? But any florals that we've had on the tray that I've worn for the first half hour, I get this weird, like, ammonia scent. And it just kind of, it's not strong. It's just there. And it's very distinctive. And, mm. you know, that, that Windex ammonia smell. Ooh. And then it just goes away, and everything's fine. I don't know what that is. And it's not, and it's been every white floral. Huh. So I don't know if there's some kind of clash with that. But yeah, I haven't had anything similar to that. I've had some allergic reactions over the years, and then they yeah. just stopped there. Being I allergic. mean, there are certain yeah. brands I just can't wear. Yeah. They use some ingredient in all of their fragrances. But I would be curious to hear what anybody else's experience with that, how often that happens to other people, or yeah. if there's any particular brands or perfumes where that does that it's it's very fascinating yeah i think like skin chemistry can be a little overstated sometimes i think perfumes by and large do probably smell mostly the same from person to person but i think that everyone probably has those certain notes that their skin reacts really crazy to yeah on to sense of the week yes all right let's do it so for sense of the week Probably the most memorable scent that I wore this week was 
Aya by Arkeist. And that is such an incredible, interesting Shebra. And I had the perfect occasion to wear it. It was my aunt's 70th birthday party. It was oh, a surprise right. party and it was disco themed. And Aya was made by Rodrigo Flores Rue. And it's inspired by the discotheques in Alcapuco in the 1970s. And it's just gorgeous. It has a cannonball flower, which is a really interesting floral note I've never encountered before, but it's very juicy and almost kind of fruity. It has a civet and a cigarette smoke accord, which I'm addicted to. It has that kind of skanky quality that I find just so lovely among the jasmine and the other florals. There's also a lot of rose there, but um, it also has a touch of cardamom such a gorgeous scent it's one of my all-time favorites but it's also loud it's loud it's a big personality of a scent so you kind of have to have the right occasion to wear it and i finally had the perfect occasion to you looked to amazing bust it out. your hair was amazing your outfit was amazing and Thanks, that just honey. accentuated everything else <laughs> it was you left a trail in the most perfect way and exactly the way a fragrance should in that scenario and our Ar- just does it in such a great way. I love Arkeist. And that may be my favorite scent from the brand. It's really special to me. Um, I also wore The Greatest Cologne of All Time by D.S. Durga. It was just something fresh that I put on the tray because I thought it's going to be so hot. You know, the perfect kind of scent to wear in July. And I love to wear men's colognes. What a good one. I love it. I love it. I would. I hope that they re-release that here and there. Yeah. I think it would be great around like Father's Day or holidays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know like a lot of people kind of got their hackles raised because the name greatest clone of all time, everyone gets to be like all defensive and like super serious about it. And it's yeah. just like, it's a silly name, a cheeky name, and it's a fucking great clone. It really is. It's, yeah. you know, it's not changing the world. It, you know, what would the greatest cologne, all colognes kind of smell more or less they the same. All just smell the so same. there it's, is no greatest. And like cologne. we're saying that as people who really care about perfume, and it was just you know it was a really pleasant experience. And um, I also wore this was kind of crazy. I can't believe I did this with the the heat that we had this week. But I've been craving Ambilux by Marlou, that dirty yellow floral skanky scent. I just I was missing it, and I wore just one spray of it. But one spray was enough. It, it Yeah, it can be. And I know that you wore it too. You know, that was, we've had a couple overlaps this week and Ambilux was one of them and I missed it as well. Sure, it's probably too hot for it, but it was such a game changer for us several years ago. It still is as an anamolic musk head as like myself and, and you are, it just, it is the best of the best. I think of it certainly of the modern era. It's as direct as it is, it's still very artistic, and it's kind of like mink. It just has this kind of earthy, scratchy, dirty, clangy, yet elevated artistic approach to yeah. fragrance. And when you wear it, you really explore all of it. And it gets so hot on your skin. It's something about it that just really like it's it's an oily fragrance too so i always feel like it really sits heavy on my skin and i like feeling that but i also will say that when i was wearing it this week it had this real fresh spicy it does christmasy quality to it that made it feel like not as cloying as maybe um it it might seem like it it could be 
it actually was like a little bit aromatic and spicy. And that was nice. I enjoyed that. It had a coniferous quality. Yeah, I feel like for every of the notorious notes that it has, it has something that perfectly balances it. Like uh, for cumin, you have pink pepper. For the castorium, you have these herbs. It just it constantly plays back and forth, ylang-ylang. And, you know, at times you could say it's borderline unwearable in certain scenarios. But then again, it's like you don't want to lock the beast up. It's so beautiful. So Absolutely. Yeah. It's just when we wore it this week, it's like, you know what? This is why this is why we do this podcast. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, it it was a game changer for us. It really was. And and we love the full line. And those that uh, like a little challenge or those that just really love a true musk in the animalic sense, definitely check it out. We'll always talk about it. You'll hear us talk about it all the time. I just can I call out the notes for the listeners yeah, so they can maybe get an idea. The yeah. full note pyramid is cumin, pink pepper, incense, ilang ilang, castorium, costas, and herbal notes. So yeah. there you go. What uh, else did you wear this week? Well, I wore an Arquiste at the beginning of the week quite a bit, which was boutonniere number seven. And Ooh. it's always been such an intriguing scent Lovely. to me because it's built like a classic cologne. With the exception, instead of citrus up top, it has gardenia, but the gardenia is very kind of dewy and fresh, so it almost goes citrus. I mean, it doesn't smell citrus at all, but just kind of represents that kind of juiciness that citrus brings to a cologne. And then you have the lavender and you have oak moss and some animalic touches in the base, but it also has this kind of smoker's jacket feel to it i don't know it's so cool it's it's very it's based after like going to the opera and the turn of yeah, the century it's based on the um what were, what were those called the boutonnieres Bo- yeah boutonnieres yeah. that men would wear to the uh opera in paris in the 1870s yeah and it feels very much i mean i'm sure the storytelling kind of propels that in my mind a little bit but it does have that kind of like you can imagine the smoky halls you can imagine the florals you can imagine I don't know, a little bit of the sweat and things like that. And it's just, I don't know. To me, it's a, it's a very fancy fragrance. I wore that to a 4th of July thing that we went to. Yeah, so it and was my... it's one of my favorites to smell on you. There's nothing I love more than like a man and a white floral. Yeah, I mean, it's, it delivers. And, um, you know, Rodrigo Flores Rue, I mean, Arquise, they just... Possibly our favorite perfumer. Uh, yeah, they're top level. Yeah. They really are top level. Uh, and finally, I wore heliotrope milk bath. Speaking of universal flowering, you put it on the on the tray. It just has this kind of really creamy and dense almond milk and almond accord in the middle that kind of works with the purple flowers. And when you first spray it on, it's kind of like, hmm, is this maybe too femme for me mm-hmm. or too flowery femme? But it, once that goes away, you almost get like a an orris butter, an iris, kind of that purple flower classic, and then you get a little bit of civet and ambrette, but it never gets too harsh in that realm. I really, really enjoyed wearing it. I actually loved smelling it on you, and I didn't even like recognize it right away. And overall, I felt the whole entire experience very comforting, and it was just an easy wear to me. And uh, I'll probably wear it quite frequently. Yeah, it was a bit of a shapeshifter. I loved smelling it on you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I it just I can see why it's one of our most popular fragrances, and um, so just beware. I may be using it up quite a bit. Are we ready for the game? I'm so excited. Yes. Let's do you have play a the theme game. this week? I do. 
Don't tell me yet. Okay, yeah, we'll get... wait. All um... right. I think I'm going to go first this time. All right. All right. Go for it. Okay. I have just sprayed your first one. And I will tell you, my theme this week is that I wanted to do kind of gourmand-like fragrances. Fragrances that had food and spices notes were comforting, but without being like cake or, you know, strawberry sundaes or something like that. You're hitting me with gourmands? Gourmand light. Who are you? I, you know, okay, you've had a chance to kind of breathe it in, so to speak. Yes. What are the first words that come to your mind? This is very like milky, waxen, maybe a melted white chocolate. It's slightly spicy. It feels like there's a ton of sandalwood, but also something very kind of buttery going on too, perhaps. It's warm and cozy. I mean, it feels like you know, a plush cashmere scarf. It also smells like shopping in an expensive store. Mm. It's giving a bit Banana Republic also, maybe not an expensive store. Maybe like, you know how slightly nicer chains will like pump in a scent through yeah. the store to, to that to enhance the shopping experience. Yeah. It's now, little... it was released in 2022, so it's newer. Okay. Can you please give me some hints about the brand? Like, I'm curious. I wish I could, but I will read the description. Okay. Uh, that this inspires. Is there like cardamom in here? A ton of cardamom? Yes. Okay. It's an ode to partnership and spark sparkling with promise. Cardamom leaf and grapefruit with powdery orris melts into a foundation of smooth and creamy sandalwood, rounded and completed by elegance and vitality of vetiver. Subtle notes of smoke nod to the spark of energy that transpires when partners, companions, friends, and lovers come together in the spirit of collaboration. Okay. All righty. There's cardamom and bergamot, grapefruit, cinnamon leaf, orris, elami, elami, sorry, pimento, sandalwood, fig nectar, cypriot oil, and vetiver. Knowing those notes. He's Louise. Do you... I figured out what it smells like, what fragrance we know very well. That it's it a little like. Grisha now? It's a very yeah, much Grisha very, now. I think, <laughs> so it's, is it, this was made after Grisha now. I think it's. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely inspired by, but I have to say, Grisha now is perfection. And this is a bit like when you bake a cookie and you accidentally leave out a pinch of salt. There's something mm. missing here. It's not, you know, you were good. I'm waiting for you to be great. Oh. Yeah. Okay. They they missed something here. There's, and um, it's just not a complete scent scent profile to me at all. It's missing perhaps some sweetness or tartness or literally salt. If you threw in salt in here, I think that this may actually work. It's a little bit bland. Now it's missing the mark. So do you going through the questions? What temperature is this fragrance? Um. Yeah. It's you know it's warm. It's not too challenging. It's definitely very beige. Oh, wow. And I, you know, I have to wonder who is going to be wearing this when the same girl who's into this profile or guy who's into this profile could reach for a Gris Charnel and it's 10 times better. Sorry. Yeah. What era? Well, it's obviously post Gris Charnel. Yeah. Uh, own sample pitch. I mean, I'm going to pitch it. We own Gris Charnel and it's better than this. All right. So this is Scholar's Mate by Mind Games. 
So it's kind of pricey too. So yeah, this brand's weird to me. First of all, the name Mind Games. Calm down. Yeah, well, calm you down. Know, it's, it's very you know it's it's chess. They have the big chess pieces and everything's related to chess. Dumb as hell. Sorry. <laughs> I don't like that like when you walk into Neiman's, they have like a whole freaking chess setup. It's gimmicky. And this is just a, a far lesser Brie Charnel. It's very obvious. She has spoken. Yeah. Sorry to be such a hater, but if you smelled this, you would you would agree with me. All right. Well, my turn. I have just sprayed Jeff's first sample for me to try. And I'll say it's very green, very woodsy, very smoky. I like it. I don't know if I love it offhand. If you know, I tell you, even on the first smell, it could be based on the amount you've sprayed on here. Mm-hmm. feels like it would fade away quickly. <laughs> yeah, I sprayed three sprays. Um, it's very piney. Almost like a tobacco meets saffron there's a bit of leather to it it's all kind of heavier notes which is weird that i would say that it would kind of fade away yeah i am surprised there's some light white florals to it yes i'm not overly wild by it yeah to be honest yeah it's nice what's the vibe you've called out the notes you're yeah, accurate the, on calling out everything that's in it. So. The temperature is kind of like, kind of cool. You know, it's early fall. Yeah. Um, color is kind of like a brownish green. I don't know where you would wear this. I guess it wouldn't be a nighttime scent. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the holidays. I know that's typical when it comes to these kind of green, coniferous, kind of piney, woodsy scents. Yeah, I will I say that the florals mm-hmm. that are, there's kind of like a little cushion of flowers that all these very green notes are resting on. Yeah. And it is nice. It gives a little bit of, um, what's the one that I love from Regime de Fleur? Oh. Um, it's a little bit Rock, Rock River, River Melody. Melody. Yeah. yeah. A little bit Rock River Melody. Yeah, it's soft. None of these notes, even though they're heavier notes, none of them are aggressive. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes for me, saffron, we've talked about it in other... There's uh, not saffron. It's actually not in there, but I will say there is oud. Oud, okay. Yeah, which the oud, normally oud comes out and punches you right in the face. Yeah, this is very subtle and soft. No, it's it's well played. It's just, I think when I want to wear these notes, I want it to give a little bit more of a punch. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Um, I kind of agree. Um, I will tell you this is Blue Oud by Cognoscenti. And the oh. the listed notes are blue cypress, black agarwood, tobacco, vetiver, ferns, and flowers. Huh. It's a line that we love and one that Very I especially much, love. Yeah. Uh, we just did the fire and rain. or Full whatever. bottle of it, yeah. Yeah, I bought it because I love that fragrance. Um, but I really love the tomato leather. This is really good, but mm-hmm. my favorite is the civet. Cheaper, yeah. Yeah, I, that, I is, get that. Uh, that is a incredible scent. This one's not bit of my a favorite. miss, bit of a miss. Yeah. I wonder how Love I would you, feel about it in January. Yeah. I yeah. my theme this week is like interesting little green scents that we haven't tried yet. So I thought we yeah. could feel them I'm out glad, here I'm glad, on air. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna Two that didn't number... wow us to begin with. So let's see. Sorry everyone. We're gonna try and pick this up. I'm gonna have a little <laughs> bit more of my gin and tonic and maybe I can yeah. bring some fire to this. 
Okay, just handed Jane the second scent of my choosing for her. And this is very yummy. It's, okay. It's kind of like creamy, lemon, cookie-ish, a little bit spicy, hosey, maybe like some almond milk. It's very yummy. First words that come to mind, a delicious plate of cookies, honestly. Oh, so you are getting a, a gourmand feel to it. Big time, yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, it feels like definitely like a fall fragrance. Maybe a younger woman's, you know, early 20s. I'm seeing like actually some beautiful Kelly Green and, wow. and uh, yellow, like bright, bright yellow and a beige and maybe a black. Where are you wearing this? Honestly, like this scent doesn't really feel like me, so I can't picture myself wearing this. But I think for, you know, the gourmand girlies would love this. This is very pretty. And I think like this is, you know, one of those kind of errand running fragrances. I wouldn't I wouldn't bust this out on a date night if I was trying to seduce you. Well, but um. Just for a generally pleasant life experience, it's very nice. It's, um, I'm going to read you a little bit of the yeah, inspiration. Please. As the new gangs of culinary talents reinvent the classics, this fragrance is a tribute to Paris and its unique ability to, re to renew itself. Like a patisserie, the perfumer deconstruct deconstructed ingredients and played with unexpected textures associations to get the ultimate gourmandise, which is that is where I kind of gourmand light is not what I was want, trying to say earlier. Um, the perfumer is the same perfumer, uh, Natalie Garcia uh, Seto. She did Burberry Brit. She did one of my favorite come to Garcin's scents, Radish Vetiver. And then she also did Ex Nihilo Sweet Morphine. So. Oh, interesting. Actually, I can see kind of the parallel between Sweet Morphine and this. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see all of that. It's very powdered sugar, maybe not quite buttery. Um, you know, it's just, this is cute. It's so cute. But it's not anything I'm ever going to wear. Yeah. I'm waiting to find my gourmand scent because I, I'm a sampler. I like, I like to be able to say that I like a little bit of everything. Like I'm, like, I'm somebody who listens to all genres of music, but I can't say that I'm somebody who wears all genres of perfume. Because I just, I can't find my gourmand. Yeah. And this, this isn't it. However, this is extremely nice. I don't know. Maybe it's something I should actually, maybe I should try wearing this. I think this is pretty close to what I think would be a gourmand scent to you that you would like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Because it's... we're probably never going to do like warm vanilla sugar or anything like that. You know, it's probably not in the cards. You know, here's my thing. It's like, I, I appreciate those kind of cookie smells, a lot of vanilla. I mean, who doesn't like that? It appeals to our base instincts, but I am, I like a little bit of incense. I like a little bit of smoke to round it out. So, may, okay, here, actually, maybe this is my perfect gourmand. I just need to layer it with something else. You know what? I'm going to do that this week because this is really nice. Yeah, I, I think also when it comes to gourmands, I'm not a, me, I'm probably a little bit more of a harsher critic of them because I just, it's never been anything that I've enjoyed, mm -hmm. but it's also maybe because I, that's not what I think of. I don't want to smell yummy. I, I, I want my perfumes to be kind yeah. of a... If you came out 
like smelling like this. If you smelled like a delicious cookie, I'd be like, the fuck's going on, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, it's just, that's not why I wear fragrance. No. But that's maybe why I would put on a lotion at night before I, you know, watch yeah. TV or something like that. I mean, that. millions of people across the globe are right now are putting on a delicious vanilla body lotion before bed because mm -hmm. they enjoy that experience. It's comforting. It's, you know, it's security. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. I uh, let me give you some notes here. Please. 2020, Neroli, Bergamot, Ambrette, Iris, Orange Blossom, Musk, Sandalwood, and Cedar. So I don't think any big surprises there. Um, and it's Honorary Delight by Ex Nihilo. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I've always been told in read reviews, people refer to how bready it can smell. Mm -hmm. I never seem to get that, but you did bring up cookies and things like that. Cookies, but there's nothing yeasty here. Like I want no. the yeast. I mean, no it's yeast. to me, it's not even like the comp the notes that are listed. Now, granted, that's just marketing. There's nothing in there that would tell me this is a gourmand either. It's all in no. the description. And actually, it's all in the write up. Now that it's settling down, I will tell you, it smells like their latest release, uh, Vesper Glitz. It does. Doesn't it smell? It smells a, lot a little like, like Santa Calling too. I mean, they're all in the same kind of family. Yeah, I think it's Sam not as Santa Calling and dry. is doing its own thing, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, it does have that familiar. I figured you would pick. Pick it out because it, it was now just that it's kind dried like, down. Yeah, it definitely it like you can tell ex that's that's base. an ex nihilo. There we there we go again talking about <laughs> ding, ex ding, nihilo. Ding, ding. Yeah, <laughs> we will never make it through a podcast without mentioning no, because I almost talked about I I wore a French affair this week too. That was almost mm. on my sense of the week, but so that was good. something I wore. Didn't mention it until now. Okay, my all turn. right, it's your turn. I'm excited. The last one, right? Or is no, it, no, 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 it's the second, second one. one. Yeah. It's so mixed up. Okay, I've just sprayed Jeff's second fragrance, and I'm excited for you to try this. I haven't really determined what era this is, what season, what temperature, but I want to be in it. Actually, that's <laughs> a lie. It feels very ski lodge to me. I want to be here. Oh. Yeah. I want to wear this. It's very green. There's something kind of mint chocolate. To it. Okay, I can totally see that. Yeah. Um, Completely. It's not as piney or coniferous as the first one. Not as oody or woody, kind of like saffron. No. This is nice. Okay, if I'm going to tell you, like, I'm going to read out all the notes to you, and you're going to be like, ding, 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 all of our favorites. Yeah. Like, it's a complete Jeff and Jane pleaser. Oh, wow. Got narcissists, so you know love I love it. it. Yeah, um, boy, it really does. Now that you said that, all of a sudden I got yeah, a whiff of mothballs because it always narcissist always you, smells like mothballs. Narcissist to me. does magical things, especially in a super green fragrance. Yeah, this is a this is a winner. I'm just saying this right now. Yeah. If I if you told me tomorrow, hey, I, I already ordered that yeah. and it's on its way, I would be like, oh, cool, great. Uh, well, I'll tell you, it's well not done. too badly priced either. Okay, now give me more. Okay, um, <laughs> this is crazy. I went to the brand's website. And they said, the brand says about this scent, if this fragrance was a book, it would be women who run with the wolves. Totally crazy, me. Crazy statement. Like, wild yeah. choice. If this was a place, it would be the edge of a moonlit forest. Okay. If Not this, quite a ski, ski, a ski lodge, but that's close. Sure, yeah. Um, if this fragrance was a painting, it would be the giantess, the guardian of the egg. 
by Leonora Carrington. That's on the brand's website. Hey. They're hey. they're already playing the game. We saw. Isn't that who we saw in Mexico? The Le- yeah, their Carrington's I don't, paintings? Yeah. We didn't get to see that painting, but yeah, we got to see well, an amazing yeah. Leonora Carrington exhibit in Mexico, which was such a treat. Oh, man. This is really nice. It's very magical. It's very... Keep going. Keep going. I'm sorry. Okay. Do you want me to tell you what the notes are? Please. Okay. There's galbanum. Mm-hmm. Check. I, I'm so into galbanum lately, and I feel like this is a really uh, oh, galbanum I'm, forward I'm like fragrance. I'm inhaling it to the point where I might, right? you know, like cause it's problems good. to myself. It's I don't, really I don't good. know. It's, I'm starting okay. to get a headache. Galbanum, raspberry, wormwood, violet, mm. jasmine, narcissus, lavender, costas and cedarwood yeah costas really comes out but the narcissist is king here the violet's very the nice the violet like sneaks in there and does something kind of magical and very like whimsical there's like there's a, a touch very of wet whim- stone petrichor yes totally to yeah yeah but it's like a little bit whimsical and it's very moonlit and uh fanciful this would be yeah i mean i, I I would own this. I would wear this. You would wear this. Anybody that's, I, I think it's a, it's a competent scent. It's a scent that you wear for yourself. It feels like deeply creative. And it's, it's also like, yeah. it seems very introverted too. It's like, I don't know. It, it feels very, I hate to use this term because it's always used for everything so much now. But if you know, you know kind of scent. Like it's not going to dazzle you. This is not a scent that you wear to impress, that you wear to like, Hey, I'm going out tonight and making a statement fragrant. This is something you wear for yourself and other people no. will notice and be like, oh, what are you wearing? This is like if yeah. I have a late night to myself where I'm painting and I want to really like immerse myself in that experience and enhance it. This is what I'm going for. Yeah. I really, really mm, like it. it. Yeah. It gives me a little bit of energy to be yeah. honest. And it's like kind of rooty and dirty. It's yeah. Like it gets like really na- it, nature You nailed the green. It certainly fits within your theme. Oh, I love this. I really, really okay, like it. So now, tell I will me tell what you, it it's Pistol by Miss Keo. Oh, oh God, man. I always see that. Um, yeah. We ordered the sample set and we haven't really had a chance to sit with it. No. But that's the one that I always see. I think that might be their latest one. Oh, yeah. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. You I, said you I, went to the I just kind of like so. was sniffing through the Miss Keo sample set trying to see which, yeah. which one I think this I could nice. really dazzle you with. And I've. Yeah, I'm so glad that you like it because I was really into it. I think when you buy the gift set, like so many, or the sample set, you get a little discount on the full bottle. Oh, nice. We might want to think about it. How much yeah. are the full bottles? Do you do? I think, I think they were like 92 euros. So I don't know what that Seriously? is. Seriously? That's a I, steal. Yeah, I think so. That's a, that's a, that is a good price. I could price. be wrong. But I yeah. love their bottles. Yeah, it's a cool brand. This is but really like, nice. Very creative scent pyramid. Okay. okay. All right. That was really good. No. My turn. My, my, my final third one. one. I have just sprayed your final sample. Okay, what do you this think? This is so round far? three of Jeff giving me gourmands. <laughs> Gourmand like, lights. Gourmand, Gourmand lights. lights. This is a bit of like a rosy Play Doh. Rosy, mm-hmm. spicy Play Doh right now. I'm, gonna, I'm letting it air out right now. It's interesting. Maybe there's some chocolate there. It no, kind of feels like but it could be. there's things together that could make you think that. I would think. I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like a sugar cookie, but more aromatic. It smells amazing from over here. 
Yeah, I mean, I can tell. I, I actually, this does have quite a bit of sillage. The last two were very intimate, which is kind of like, um, you which know, is rare for X and Hilo. <laughs> X and Hilo is uh, they always make kind of powerhouses. Um, but yeah, this one feels like it's got some lumage. Lumage, I like yeah. that. It's puffing out its chest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's lightly spicy. It's mm -hmm. sweet, maybe a little cinnamony. Um, Very much so. There is a cinnamon in as a note. Are, are there any like florals here? There is um, not really. There's. Uh, I'll tell you the notes. It it's feels vanilla, more buttery than the other ones. Szechuan pepper. Okay. Cardamom. Okay. Pink pepper, bergamot, cashmere wood, sandalwood, cinnamon, ambrosinide, which I'm sure is just some kind of a broxin, and musk. Okay, this is actually really yummy now. It's, it's kind of completely bloomed. It's open. Over here. Yeah, this it's smells amazing. good. Like, actually, maybe you found my gourmand with this one. This is good. It's warm. It's like, kind of butterscotchy perhaps yeah um and like normally my thing with gourmands is like where where the hell am i gonna wear this i don't want to go around smelling like a cookie i'm already a bit of a ridiculous person as it is so i feel like if i if i'm wearing crazy clothes and i'm painting is painty, that because paint you wear those spiky cowboy boots come the croissant shoes yeah, to the airport yeah that, i'm you know, always wearing some and arrested for? like fucking impractical shoes and, you know, I paint cats. I feel like I can only be so ridiculous, so I don't want to smell like a cookie on top of all of that. But this is just enough heft where it's like, I wouldn't feel like I'm a, like I'm a cake, you know? See, I think this has all the qualities of the gourmands that I think I see people talking about. Yeah. With certain fragrances and lines. But adds just enough musk mm -hmm. and smokiness, yeah. There's warmth and woodiness and smoke. that it 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 makes it not so. Mm, this is yummy. Vanilla cake, you know. There's plenty of vanilla. There's plenty of that here. Yeah. But then you have pepper. I almost feel like the it's just like the sandalwood and vanilla are really singing here too. Yeah, and you have cardamom. You know, that always kind of gives a nice kind of warm, spicy... I love cardamom. It's yeah. like one of my top favorite notes. Yeah, I know this is not breaking any ground here or anything, but to me, mm -hmm. when everybody's always talking about vanilla and they're talking about fig and all these kind of notes, cardamom is the through line, I think, to all the trend fragrances of the last year. Yeah, Especially I, I this agree. year. It's like cardamom is the note. Cardamom will sell some fragrance. I mean... Sometimes when I'm making chai tea and I just like open up that, I just have a fresh bag of cardamom right now and I yeah. just open it up and it's like, what could smell better than this? How Nothing. do you improve yeah. on it? Yeah, this is so good. Um, okay, who is this? Um, well, let's go through some of these questions here because it's like we went to okay, it so okay, immediately. Okay. So would you own, sample, or pitch this just to get straight this down to This is one it. I would be actually, I bet if I owned this, or if I bought this, it would be one that I would end up wearing a lot. I bet you we buy a bottle of this. I bet I'm 50% through it within a year. I could, I bet I could you see just too. piling this on. Another one that's in a great price point. Oh, really? Yeah. So people who are niche fragrance people who want to find something that smells very luxe and very, I think, expensive. Yeah. But at a great price point, even for 100 ml. Yeah. Um, what would you say the weight is, though? Just... 
for the listeners out there. You know, it's not too cloying. My, you know, that's another complaint that I have with a lot of gourmands is that they get like too buttery and dense and then it's all over you and you're like, ugh. This like, it feels like it breathes with you. Um, It's not too overwhelming while it also makes its presence very much known. Kind of perfect. It, you know, not to be Goldilocks, but this one is just right. (laughs) It feels like a commodity fragrance as well. So if you're a fan of commodity fragrances, I think it has because I think what commodity does very well is it makes very accessible niche fragrances that have a lot of really cool creative notes, but they make Mm -hmm. it very accessible. They, you know, kind of. I think they do a really good job. This brand does as well. Okay. But it's not as well known, obviously. Um, it is Van Hera by Laboratorio Alpha Tibo. Oh, well, there you go. And it's just, it's delicious. Have we always had this sample? Yes. Gosh, it's really good. It is and really they good. Have, you're right. They have an amazing price. If you're looking for some of the best perfumes that you can get for great price definitely check yeah, out so a laboratory like 30 dollars yeah like, like we yeah. got the sample set and that probably is my favorite sample set that we've ever purchased yeah just they have some weird hit, names hit after hit yeah that you're not quite sure man i almost chose i almost chose tuberosis for you tonight and it's like that name just kills that fragrance for me it does but that is an amazing fragrance yeah. as well Nermal, i want Nermal. that Nermal. is on my want Nermal. list <laughs> but do i want to say Nermal? not yeah. really because it sounds ridiculous Oh, that is really good. Yeah, it's like a, a delicious vanilla with just enough yeah. enough roar and purr under there to like make it a serious scent. It is very nice, yeah. I think during the fall, I mean, if we were talking about like what season, to me this is fits better in fall and winter, and I think it would be very – you go somewhere with this scent on, you're getting a lot of compliments, people are mm-hmm. asking you where it is, and, uh, you know, it's a winner. Yeah. Yes. Give me my final final one. Okay, I'm smelling this third one you've given me. And I will tell you, it doesn't smell very green to me. It smells very fruity. There's a bit of a Baccarat vibe to this. Mm. Okay. It smells kind of like apple juicy. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, apples and cinnamon. It's kind of, yeah, apple and cinnamon. almost smells like... Um, Oh, God, what's the drink people have in the winter that's warm? It's got liquor in it. It's got, like, cinnamon and apple cider. No, there's a certain apple cider and cinnamon and, God, it's a hot toddy. Oh, a hot toddy. It smells like a hot toddy. Okay. Well, that's interesting because the brand doesn't say much about this scent except fresh jungle on the side of a volcano. That's the only note from the brand. That I would have never... Thought it was a fresh jungle on the side of what? Fresh jungle on the side of a volcano. Yeah. It smells way too now. It smells like, not even now. It smells like 2015. Ooh, ooh, burn. Let me smell No, it. it's not a burn. It's just, it smells like 2015. In it's the a pretty recent release. I mean, it, I definitely get the greenness there. Do you? Yeah, and this don't. is my first time like really smelling it. I didn't want to spray it too much because I will give you a hint. This brand does powerhouse bomb fragrances. So I didn't want to like the whole house to stink of it before we sampled it. Yeah, I mean, it. you can smell the synthetics as, as far as like you do when you smell Baccarat or like last week when we had Spirito Florentino. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
there's a very boozy apple cider cinnamon there's like some flor- some like rosy florals to it i think the brand is lying about the notes in this because the listed notes are not matching the smell at all no and it smells there's a little vanilla i mean i guess i get a little bit of the green it's almost like a mossy it's very faint to me it, it's not faint the 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 greenness to oh, okay. it. like the 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 fragrance itself is very big yeah, it just it smells strong. very juicy and boozy and and cidery uh do you want me to tell you what the listed notes are yes please rhubarb cedar okay. vetiver sandalwood tonka that's it they're missing like clearly i i get the brand is holding its secrets because when chest. you're just you know, when you're creating rhubarb or fruit yeah. type of scents, usually you're creating a synthetic version that's supposed mm-hmm. to symbolize it or seem like it. And so that's what I'm smelling with the apple cider, I guess. Um I'm gonna tell you something crazy about this scent too. The number one most similar scent on Fragrantica is Nudiflorum by Nazimoto. I get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah. I can it see does it, yeah. okay. I do. It's I was going to say right before you said that that despite me saying all these things about being like a hot toddy i hate hot toddies i never drink them um i don't really want an apple cider fragrance i don't really get much green it's very baccarat like which again is not something that i typically would go towards there's something very sexy about this. Can I smell again? <laughs> yeah, it's there's something very attractive. Like I'm if actually, you were wearing it, I'd be like, mm, that sounds what is that? I like that. <laughs> yeah, there is. I guess it's the vetiver is doing that thing where it smells like really warm crushed grass. I don't so, know what it is, but there is something sexy about it. Yeah, I think it's that warm crushed grass thing with that kind of like juicy fruitiness. It's actually very unique. And I was a little bit prepared to hate this, but I'm kind of into it now. I'm kind of into it from an uh, observational standpoint. I don't want to wear it. (laughs) I would. I mean, if, you know, I'm never, I mean, we talked, we waxed on about Ambilux. You know, I'm never afraid to wear something that's, you know. Challenging. Challenging or something that, I don't know. But. I prefer to sit back and watch this the way now that the visitors get... at the Jurassic Park would watch the dinosaurs roam in the park. It's getting creamy. It's weird. All of a sudden, it's getting creamy. I still wouldn't wear it. Still, it's just kind of sexy, and I would want maybe you to wear it. And uh, It's weird, right? It's a weird one. It's okay, kind of cool, one though. One more time. So I'm going to tell you. Should I tell you what it is? Um... No, give me more of your impressions. Let's figure out who's wearing the, who is wearing this, Jeff. Well, I think that it's a night it's a nighttime scent. It's a date night scent. It is a scent that you wear. I could see it being a signature scent for someone. Yeah, I really I'm actually do. like I'm kind of loving it right now. And um, it's very kind of red, very I don't know, like a deep red. Not like a burgundy, not like a, you know, a crimson or you know, anything like that. It's just has, kind of like a... This has fucking personality. It's a which velvety Which you, you cannot say about a lot of fragrances these days. This is like, this is its own persona. It's kind of like the loud friend you have that you know on some levels probably pretty annoying, 
but you just have a fucking good time with them and you <laughs> like them, you know, you just like them. It's, yeah. You can't, you don't want to bring them to the family dinner on Sunday, but man, I'll go have drinks with this person anytime they call. Yeah. They're just a good time. Um, season wise, I don't know. You could wear this, I think, really anytime. If you wore it in the summer, I wouldn't be, it would be strong, but that's cool. Fine. You definitely wear it during the winter. I think it's juicy enough that you could you could wear it in the summer <sighs> for sure. It's such a it's going kind of back to the kind of fruity side again. Yeah, it's weird because it's like fruity hay. It's completely bizarre, and it shouldn't work, but it's working for me. It's definitely a now. Well, like I said, it's it's a now fragrance from like 2015 to now. Uh yeah, like now, like the way that it's opening up, I'm gonna say this is kind of on the cutting edge. It's a really cool fragrance. You know, I wouldn't own it necessarily, but if you did, I wouldn't. I would be proud to have it part of the collection. Jeff, I can see this being something that would grow on you. I think. You may uh, yeah, have to I wear mean, this I don't even like when it, when you think of who would wear this. There's no gender here. This is no. just like a, a crazy fragrance. Yeah. that's just and it's not even crazy. It's just it's fun. Yeah, this is pretty wild. Okay, it's your body friend. Are you ready for the reveal? Yes, please. This is Ancelade by Marc Antoine Barra. Wow. Really? Yeah. And I didn't know how we were going to feel about it because I know we tried Ganymed. Yeah, that's terrible. I, but people like, a lot of people who are really serious about fragrance think that Ganymed is like, and I don't even know if I'm saying that right, is this masterpiece. And it was such a bomb. Like it was so strong that it just kind of choked me out. It was I, kind of, a, it was a scrubber to me. Like yeah, I had to get away from it. It was so maple syrup too. Yeah, it was it like just, maple syrup. Like if you took a penny and covered it in maple syrup, that was kind of the vibe. Which is it smelled gross. like. Hey, we just discovered our Jimmy, our little Chihuahua, has been peeing in this corner of the house, and I got to clean it up. Kind of like a weird maple syrup urinish. That's what yeah. I got from. Is it Gun Gun Yeah, I, I don't know, but that's just not a fragrance I enjoy. It was just too strong for me. Like. This, where I couldn't get any of the nuance out of it. Yeah. But this is like, it's kind of soft and unfolding in this really inviting way. And that rhubarb's doing crazy things there with the vetiver. Spell it for me. I love it. Ensalada? <laughs> is that what you said? Ensalade. E N C E L A D E. Huh. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well done. Yeah, I'm glad that we could uh, find one that If you told me band. that was the same, I mean, you, you did tell me, but. I would have never guessed that the person that made Ganya made. Yeah, and it's a Quentin it, Bish too. Oh, is it? Yeah. <sighs> well, he's all over. He's everywhere. I mean, we can't, yeah, we can't, can't go a week him. without talking about him either. But it, um, there's some real cleverness going on here. Mm-hmm. I really like this, and um, yeah, I can actually see some overlap between this and Aya, like the way that like. Huh. Kind of fruity, juicy tropicalness of it because I do get the tropics. Ayo has a certain like old school, like skankiness to it that's just kind of cool. Oh, yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm more talking about the fresh notes in Ayo rather than that like big skanky cigarette stink underneath it all. Yeah. But yeah. Well, there you go. That, that was, was really fun. Good round. Yeah, so I think was... the winners were Van Hera. Yeah. 
by a laboratory olfati I think for this me. one was really good. The mosquito, the pistol. Yeah. And that was a good fragrance. I like that. Mosquito's pistol, I think that could definitely go on the want list for us. And I'm I'm very pleasantly surprised by Ancelade. Yes, I am too. I am well done. Well, good choice. Uh, so thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for joining us for another week of Fragrophilia's podcast. And feel free, uh, like as always, to write in, DM us. Uh, hello at Fragrophilia.com is our email address. And of course, you can find us at TikTok and Instagram and I guess threads. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're <laughs> doing Fragrophilia. that now. Jesus so. Christ. <laughs> yeah, wow. but we love talking to you guys. So thanks so much and tune in again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.